0: We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. go. Hi, everyone. It's Kara Golden, and I am so, so thrilled to have my next guest here. We have Fran Hauser, who is the author of Embrace the Work, Love Your Career. It's Fran's second book, and it's uh, more of a workbook. There's a lot of really good stuff in here, so it's not just pure workbook. There's a lot of good stuff, but we'll let Fran tell us a little bit more about it. So I've actually known of Fran for many, many years and gotten to know her a little bit. I wish we were closer living on uh, the same coast, but uh, she is just an absolute rock star. Um, She's on a mission to empower women to go further in their careers, and boy, can she actually talk a lot about different careers and and uh, overall just everything that she's learned along the way with her own career, which we'll talk about. Uh, she's been in media and publishing. And as I said, she just recently wrote her second book, her first book, which I'm going to get her to talk about a little bit too, was absolutely terrific. And I'm just really, really thrilled to have you here, Fran. So I will stop talking and, uh, and let you do a little bit more. Okay, I'm so happy to to
1: see you. So happy to be here with you. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, very very good. So, so let's talk just a little bit about the beginning. So, who is Fran and who was Fran? Let's even go way back like to the beginning. Who was Fran as a kid? Did you always know first of all that you were going to be in media and publishing and also that you were going to be an author and mm. you were going to write your books? Oh my gosh. Well, When I think
1: about my childhood, you know, really the, the first thing that comes to mind is that my parents, um, are immigrants, you know, and I was actually even born in Italy in Deggio Calabria, which is like the tip of the boot, you know, across from Sicily. Um, and we moved to Westchester County, which is, you know, just North of Manhattan. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm the oldest of four. And my parents were both small business owners. So my dad was a, a stonemason and a landscaper, and my mother was a tailor. And I basically started working with them at a very young age. Like when I was in first grade, I was doing my dad's invoices for his landscaping business. I mean, it was crazy. Like literally, I remember vividly, I could add, but I couldn't multiply. So like, yeah calculating sales tax. Like I actually had a table that I would like pull like the sales oh, tax What a paper. great
0: experience though, right?
1: Amazing experience. And just, you know, I was their translator. You know, Italian was was their first language. Um, so I carried a, a lot of responsibility as a child. I got exposed to business, you know, at a very young age. Um, and I also got to see my parents in action. And, you know, they, they are very... Like beautiful, kind, warm, caring people, and they're also strong. You know, like, and that's my my first book, "The Myth of the Nice Girl," is all about how you don't have to choose between being nice and being strong. And I and I think the best leaders actually lead with both of those qualities. So I saw that in my parents in terms of the way they interacted with their clients and employees. Um, and I have to tell you, Kara, like I was a huge reader. When I was a child, I, I voracious, voracious reader. I still am the thought of becoming an author one day just seemed so like unattainable to me, you know, or even like the idea of working for time Inc, you know, on, you know, brands like people and in style and entertainment. Weekly. It just seemed like so far, like, so it's, it's really so amazing and rewarding. Um, to see that I was able to achieve those things because they just really honestly seemed so unattainable to someone who you know was first in my family to go to college oh. my parents had no network really that could be helpful to me i really had to figure it out on my own um a lot of like my my cousins my sister my brothers are always like how did you do it you know like how did that happen so it's just super exciting to see the, the, the career trajectory that I've
0: had. So your first job out of college was what?
1: My first job was actually in public accounting. I majored in public accounting um, and I worked at Pricewaterhouse. And actually that's where I met my husband. And he was always on the partner track and I wasn't. It was interesting. I was kind of like, I want to go work for a client, you know, kind of want to work on the operating side. Um, so, actually, that is what I ended up doing. I ended up going to work for Coca Cola after oh, four years in public accounting.
0: I didn't um, know
1: that. In a manager financial reporting role. So, I was in financial reporting at Coke. I know this is very relevant to you, Kara. <laughs> super,
0: <relative>, super relevant. <laughs> super relevant. I love relevant. it.
1: Um, but so, you know, and then I was there for about four years and I, I realized that while I really enjoyed finance, and accounting, I really wanted to be in more of a general management role. like I wanted to run all aspects of a business, and I ended up getting a call from a recruiter one day about a job at movie phone.:
0: Back- How often have you thought about learning a new language, only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year.
1: Then it was 777 film. Yeah. And they were like just launching moviephone.com. And they were looking for a head of finance. And I, I met with the fine with the founders and I said, you know, this is really exciting. It's the internet, it's media. Um, and I, I, I want to do this, but it's really important to me that I get exposure to different parts of the company, not just finance, because eventually I do want to move into a, a GM role. Um, and they committed to me that they would give me that opportunity, which was huge. Because if I had stayed at Coke, I would have stayed on that That finance trajectory, it's Mm -hmm. hard when you work for a big company, you know, like to all of a sudden move to marketing or to move into a different department. Um, But, you know, everyone at Coca-Cola thought I was crazy to leave one of the world's most admired companies um, to go to work for this early stage company that like none of them had even heard of. So it was a huge risk, but I have to tell you, it was the best career decision I think that I could have made because... Um, they did give me exposure to different parts of the business. We ultimately ended up selling Movie Phone to AOL, and right. they the founders retired, and I yeah. ended up running Movie Phone as a division of AOL. So that was my first GM role.
0: That's wild, right? That is- and
1: then Time Inc. and like that—that that was really the beginning of my media, you know, digital media and general management.
0: That's wild. You and yeah. I like just missed each other on both tracks. So I, cause I was time and then I was AOL after that. So that that is just absolutely crazy. So let's talk real quickly about, so that book, the, The Myth of the Nice Girl. What did you learn from being in small companies versus like larger companies? I mean, I feel like People have so often thought, and particularly women talk about, you know, you got to be tough. You got to be like, you know, you've got to be the boss, right? In order to go up throughout the organization. And what did you think... It, it, like, I, I just can't imagine you, I think you, you're definitely a boss for sure, but you're also kind and you're empathetic and all of those things. So at what point do you think that becomes something that people start to realize in, in people and at, along the way that you need to remain kind, you need to remain empathetic, especially when you're managing people and yeah. dealing with customers and dealing with people, yes. I guess you always do. Yes. And I, you know, it's interesting
1: because early on in my career, when I was more of like in an individual contributor role, I feel like I was getting that advice. Like you need to toughen up, you know, Mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're too nice and you're, you're not going to get ahead. Like you, you Mm -hmm. really need to be tougher. And, you know, what I've realized is that like, I'm the most confident when I am my true self and Mm -hmm. who I am as a human being, you know, when I bring those values and those qualities to work. That's when I really feel like I do my best work because, you know, I, I feel I know the word authentic. I feel like it's being overused right now, but there's this like authenticity, you know, and there's there's confidence that that comes from that. And you know, what I realized, Kara, was that being nice. There's so much power in it because when you're nice to people, they trust you, mm-hmm. and then you're able to build relationships. Because relationships are based on trust, you know, and then um, I just feel like at the end of the day, business is all about relationships, right? It's yes. all about like being successful in business is about relationships. I want to share a quick story with you because you'll appreciate this. Yeah. I think when I was at Time Inc., Mitch Claif was our CIO, so he ran the technology department, and I remember talking to him once, and he said that the only time anybody calls him is to complain you know, the the website is down, the computer's not working. Right. (laughs) Right. And I just like made such an effort. I genuinely just liked him so much. And I really respected him. And I made such an effort to say thank you to him, you know, just to like send him an email to call him. Like if somebody on his team, like did a really great job, I would even write emails to the CEO sometimes and copy Mitch, um, just giving credit, you know, to, to his department. I love it. And, I have to tell you, it was so important because I was the president of digital. So I was running, you know, the digital manifestation of all of these magazine brands, like whether they were websites or apps, I needed Mitch's team. Like I needed his resources, you know? So whenever I would go to him and ask him for resources, he would always say like, what are you going to ask me now? I can never say no to you. And it's just, I think a really good example of how that relationship that was built in a very genuine way, not in a manipulative way, right? But very genuine, he became such an important partner to me. You know, when I think about people.com becoming the largest media website in the world, you know, and that was my team that, that did that. We couldn't have done that without Mitch and his team, right? So it's, it's just, it's so important to think about how you treat people.
0: Well, and I think this parlays into your, your next book too, and the Embrace the Work, Love Your Career, because I think the more you get to know people who are around you and people who have input into your business too, whether it's colleagues or a support system along the way, that actually helps you to really understand your business and love your your business even more, right? You're not sitting there waking up and complaining to the IT department. You're instead trying to really understand how to make things better and get getting them on the same page as you. So, talk to me a little bit about, you know, that realization too and and why you decided to write this book.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, this book really came to me in in the middle of the pandemic and you know, I just remember reading all of the articles about the millions of women leaving the workforce, millions more questioning their career path and their purpose. Um, And frankly, I was just seeing so many of my friends and colleagues really struggling with Mm -hmm. just like finding joy, you know, in their work, in their career. Um, And I wanted to do something. I love to create content. And I, I realized that over the years, I've done so much mentoring and I've given so many talks and I was really sitting on all of these like exercises and questions that I ask people um, and strategies and scripts. And I thought, you know, it'd be so fun to create like a, a guided workbook that like you said, definitely has a lot of content in terms of my stories and strategies and techniques, but there are also so many moments throughout the book where you can just reflect, you know, where I ask a question Um, like one of the questions that I I love in the book is, um, is it's an exercise where I ask you to look at your calendar for the last month, two, three months, whatever works for you, pick out the meetings or the experiences or the events that put a smile on your face Mm -hmm. and really like, think about why, like, what was it about that experience that was so fulfilling? You know, was it the type of problem that you were solving? Was it the people that you were working with? Um, you know. Was it the skill sets maybe that, that you were using? Yep. But once you can figure out like the parts of your job that are really working for you, you might be able to do more of that. You know, you might be able to say like, okay, because like for me, I remember doing this exercise when I was at Time Inc and I'd been there for eight years and I was starting to feel that itch. And I was just so focused on what wasn't working for me um, in my job. And I did this exercise and I realized, wow, I love meeting startup founders. Like mm-hmm. I actually really enjoy that. It's like a really fun part of my job, meeting the Rent the Runway founders before they launched, you know, or the skim mm-hmm. or, um, and like helping them think through like their business models and their products. And um, so I actually went to my boss and talked to her about that. Like, I really love this part of my job. I think I could create even more value for the company if I could focus on it more. So we actually launched this innovation lab. At the company that i ended up running and that got me two more years there before i ultimately left to become a startup investor but because i was like instead of focusing on what wasn't working it's like okay what is working and is there a way to do more of that
0: you know what that sound means another sale has been made on shopify shopify is an e-commerce site that allows you to launch and grow your business all from one place with shopify You gain access to resources that were once reserved for big businesses. So upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell the products and directly connect with their consumers. Shopify helps you reach consumers online and on various social media platforms like Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram, TikTok, and more. Shopify store owners can also sell their products in physical locations with the Shopify POS app, and you can synchronize all your in-person and online sales. When you're running a company, tracking all your sales in one place is gold. Shopify makes it so easy to see where sales are coming from, which helps anyone refine their marketing strategy as well. Whether you're an early startup or a seven-figure business, scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. Shopify makes that journey easier than ever. Sign up for Shopify today. Go to shopify.com kara all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash Kara right now. That's shopify.com slash Kara. If you've been listening to the Kara Golden Show for a while, you may have heard about my book, Undaunted, which by the way, is now a Wall Street Journal and Amazon bestseller. In Undaunted, you will learn about my journey, not only how I came up with the idea for Hint, but also the ups and downs, twists and turns along the way. I learn from stories, and I guess my own story is no exception. You will definitely hear it all in Undaunted. Listening to books is one of my favorite secrets to getting more books under my belt. I find that I can always get a bit of listening in, whether it's on my lunch break or even on a hike. Probably the thing that has made me happiest about writing this book is hearing from people, hearing how this book has helped them push through hard things that they are dealing with and try new ones. I've heard from countless people how Andonidas helped them see that they are not alone in their difficult times, but also how pushing forward and finding a way is usually what it takes. Looking back on my stories and sharing observations about how I got through just those sticky moments might help you think about some of your own sticky situations as well. Don't let anyone tell you that you can't do something. It's time to move past your fears and defy the doubters too. My book on Donut is available everywhere. Books are sold on Amazon and Audible as well. And shoot me a DM and tell me what you think. Back to the show. One of my favorite chapters in the book, actually, I had a couple of chapters that were really great um, in particular, but what do you want to be known for? And mm. I've certainly asked myself that question mm. many, many times. I think that that, in combination with um, the chapter on creating time, because mm-hmm. I think that oftentimes when you are a kind person, um, as you are actually saying no um, yes. to people, right? That It's not only about trying to find time to do the things that you want to do, but it's also figuring out okay, I started doing something because I knew it was right for my job. Or, um, you know, you're a great example of somebody who's moved from accounting um, over to a large CPG company to publishing. And then you're not done, right? You're constantly learning, you're constantly innovating yourself. Why do you think that's important for people? And, and let me back up too. I feel also that, and I particularly see this because I have college age kids who think about this, mm. where the importance of actually getting that job and like growing into a manager and all of a sudden you grow up in an organization as you did, but to actually go back down to the learning phase and, you know, maybe go into creating an innovation yeah. Lab as you did yeah. like you're it's really about the learning and that mm. is something that you figured out about for yourself that that's what helps you to really embrace your work. It's not that yes. you're stopping to do other work necessarily. Yes. You can do it outside of a company. Yes. Or you can also do it in your existing. So talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, I love that. And I I I think it's just
1: so important to be open and to be curious and you know, I I think about like some of my colleagues when I was at Time Inc. And I kind of looked up from my computer one day and realized that everyone in my network, they were all media people. And mm-hmm. we were all talking about the same issues and challenges. You know, we'd get together, the ad models broken, the this, the that. And I just realized like, you know, I really want to meet people in, in other sectors. And I was really interested in technology and I was really interested in the nonprofit space. Um, and so I like, I'll give you an example, actually of the, non- the nonprofit space. Mm-hmm. i read a book called Half the Sky by Nick Kristoff and Cheryl Wudun, just mm-hmm. an amazing, amazing book. And at the end of it, they talked about this nonprofit organization called Global Giving, which mm-hmm. was really the world's first crowdfunding platform for like for local gro- grassroots Organizations around the world, and I just became really curious about this organization. I'm like, this is so interesting because, like, I in my job, I was using technology more for entertainment purposes for People.com, Entertainment Weekly, and stuff. Right. But they figured out a way to use technology for good. And I literally like found the CEO of Global Giving and founder. I just like stalked her like online, and I sent her a note and introduced myself and said, I'd love to figure out a way to be helpful to you. And um the next time she was in New York, we got together. I got to know the organization. I started like dabbling and being held. Anyway, I ended up doing a 10 year board stint, you know, for them 10 years, I was on their board, but it all came from me, like reading this book and just kind of getting curious about this, this organization doing the outreach, you know, and, and it started this beautiful long relationship with them. Same thing with technology. I never could have moved into startup investing. That's what I've been doing now for the, the last eight years, right? Like I never could have done that if I didn't make it a priority to meet people in the tech space while I was at time. A. so a. true. Sarah so yeah. Tarabi, you know, this this was huge for me. I, I met her for the first time, and she was a founder. And I, you know, we're sitting outside the time life building at the Pan quotidienne, you know, having a, a coffee. Yeah. Yeah. And she literally said to me, she said, you know, Fran, I have so many female friends in New York city who want to launch businesses, but when they look up, they don't see any female angel investors or advisors. And I really think you could do that. Like, I think you would be amazing at that. And she's the one who planted the seed for me. I love She that. planted the seed and then she opened up her network to me. So like some of my first investments were Soraya, it was Soraya actually like in her friend's. That's but amazing. again, it's like, it's being, it's putting yourself out there. It's being open. It's being curious. It's taking these meetings. It's asking questions. Right. And meanwhile, I feel like so many of my colleagues at Time Inc. who didn't do that, who were like heads down, like getting the work done. Right. And then the. the Print publishing, you know, implodes. Yeah, and then what do you do? Where do and you go? And then they regret
0: it, right, when it's too, when it's almost too late. But I think that there's another thing that I always share with people. One of the things when I started Hint that I, I kept thinking to myself, okay, I'm super curious about this whole world, and I'm going to jump in and see what I can figure out. But I always felt like I could go back to, I could go back to tech. I could go back to media. I could go back and do these things. And so I think it's almost an advantage when you've Mm. got these different experiences as well, where people think of it as a risk. I thought of it as actually less of a risk because I had had all this amazing experience and same with you. And if nothing else, you going and learning about nonprofits, um, if it doesn't work out, then- you learn something about yourself and what you like and what you don't like or what you're good at, what you're not so great at or what you're interested in more than anything else. What I loved about embrace the work, love your career though, too was that you talked about mentoring and I like you probably get a lot of people who are asking, Oh, can you mentor? But they don't really have any guidelines to sort of, you know, you may ask them questions like, well, what do you like to do or whatever? How do you spend your time? You know, like more than anything, I think this also gives you the, the it's the workbook, right? Yes. So you don't have to have time with Fran. You've got this right yes. here um, yes. to be able to do it. And it really pushes you to kind of be thoughtful and think about these things. And, you know, maybe instead of, uh, um, spending time meditating on, on one day, maybe you go and take your workbook work and, and yes. you start really thinking about these, these issues, um, that you want to change. What's so
1: funny. You just made me think of this Is like, you know, we all do these food cleanses, you know, we set aside like the five days, the seven days and yeah. go through this cleanse. And I kind of feel like that's what this book is but for your career, you know, it's like, it's yeah. six sections. And if you just spend a couple of hours on each section, like over six days, I feel like it's such a gift to yourself because we don't take the time, like, to just take a step back and really do the work to think about, like, okay, what's working, what's not, you know, what are some things that I want to explore? Um, What do I want to be known for? Like, what do I want my legacy to be? You know, what is my personal brand? Like, really thinking through those things. Um, So I I do. um, I love that you that you picked up on that, Kara, because that was really important to me. And also with mentoring, like. I think it's, it's, it's really important that if someone is, if someone asks you for coffee and you you do the coffee with them, or you you do a phone call or you do zoom, you know, it's just so important that they really prepare, I think for the meeting with you Mm -hmm. and that they ask you like very specific questions, Mm -hmm. um, versus just like, Oh, so tell me about your career. Like people can read about your, you know what I mean? It's all online. Like So I really appreciate it when people come with like very specific, like, how did you pivot from, you know, media to startup investing? Like what, you know, what were the things that, that helped you to do that? Like be, be, do the work, be specific, you know, and ask. No, I
0: think that that's really important. In fact, I so often say to people when I am talking to them, what was the reason why you wanted to talk to me, right? What's your why? for wanting to talk to me. Okay, I want to know because you have changed from one industry to another. You've yeah. you know had a million kids and also run a company. Like oh whatever it, is, whatever it is. What is it? That thing. So definitely I think it it tees off a conversation much better than to your point not having done the research, not having yeah. done the work. Yeah. So definitely Everyone should pick up this and do the work. It's absolutely great. And you guys, you have some of my favorite entrepreneurs: Tiffany Dufu, Rebecca Minkoff on the back of here too. I loved seeing that. That was amazing. amazing. One of the thing things that I always ask all of our guests a uh, question about, you know, kind of your career when you were trying to figure out what you loved about your career, maybe what you didn't like about your career, Mm -hmm. that where you just really felt you were challenged. And maybe if you really enjoyed yourself more and had done this workbook, had had it already mapped out, you would have said, you know what, I should have gone sooner or I should have known this about myself. Like so often I think that Maybe we stay too long at places and then, you know, we start to get grumpy, right? We start to get angry. We don't do as great of work where we sort of reverse and get into some defense mode. Maybe we start to see our own challenges or failures as something that, you know, they're someone else's fault or or whatever it is. But where have you seen that along the way that you you know, are like, boy, I'm never going to do that again, if that makes sense.
1: Mm. You know, it's so interesting because when I look at my resume, you know, Mm -hmm. my bio, what's so fascinating is that I made like a big move, I would say pretty much every four years, like Mm -hmm. clockwork. It's really interesting. And I, I think there's something to that. Like if you think about, you know, your first year on a job, you're learning, you're really not that productive, right? And then year two, like you become productive and you're three, like you're, you're, th- you're two and three, like you're really in like a good groove, you know, and you're creating a lot of value. And then I feel like it's like towards the end of year three where you start getting kind of bored and that, and then, right. And it's, it's just so fascinating you when I look out, at that, yeah. now, when I look at, you know, it's like that four year mark. Um, but I would say like, for me, I think that, um, gosh, I was probably, If I could go back, I feel like I was at timing for 10 years. You know, that that's a long long time. That's a long time. And even though like I had promotions, like I said, like every four years, I started feeling very resentful. I started feeling like it was probably like around maybe year six, year seven. You know what it was, Kara? And I'll never forget this. I I was having lunch with Ann Moore, our CEO. Mm -hmm. And I remember like talking to her about this. And I said, I just feel like my job has become so administrative. Like the bigger that my job gets like the more brands that I take on versus uh-huh. when I was just working on people.com, yeah. you know, but like now that I've taken on all these brands, I just feel like it's like, you know, I'm like putting budgets together and I'm working on cost containment and I'm putting decks together like for you to present to the board. And, um, and she, I remember her saying to me, she's like, you know what, Fran, she's like, sometimes like be careful what you wish for you know, because, so true. and she said the same thing happened to her. She's like, she said, I love it when I was just working on sports illustrated, she was the president of sports illustrated, yeah. you yeah. know, and then she went on to be the CEO of the whole company. And I think for me, like what I realized was that I really love the build. I love like working on a brand on I one brand. Yeah. You do too. Right. Yeah. I mean, look at what you've accomplished. I mean, it's, so I think for me, like that was a big aha. I was so focused on promotion, taking on more responsibility. Great. People.com done. Now I want more, give me more brands. And I think that was a really big, big wake up call for me was that, wow, like I really missed running a brand, you know, I miss being close to the consumer.
0: And there's no wrong answer on that either. I mean, this is something that I don't think they teach. I've, I've said this in a, Few business school classes and and uh, a few uh, university classes. Like I don't think they teach that in school. Instead, it's go out and be a manager and then a director and a VP. And there are yeah. many people I know who have done who have gone that route and have been successful at it. Frankly, yeah. too, and yeah. are not the happiest people. And I think they get into sort of this. Um, you know, they're they're not embracing. The work right they're they 're yeah. instead in a role where they 've got to figure out who 's doing things right who 's doing things wrong who are how do I mm-hmm. evaluate them and it 's just not what yeah you and you know and and sometimes like
1: sometimes it 's a lateral move that makes mm-hmm. the most sense or sometimes maybe you have to take a couple steps back you know, you know who I admire so much i don 't know if you ever worked with um Jack Rotherham, he was the publisher of Teen People magazine. And you know, in in publishing, like that's the highest level that you can get to at a brand on the business uh-huh. side. You're the publisher, uh-huh. right? And I remember him saying to me, "He's like, look, I, I'm really worried, Fran, because I feel like I'm missing the boat on digital. Like, because that's when, like, you know, the internet was like really getting going. And um, and he decided to go back. He went to AOL and took like a sales role just so that he could learn online advertising and I just remember feeling like just, I was in awe that he did that because yeah. it was such a bold, brave move. And ultimately it was so smart because now he had print and digital experience and he ended totally. up excelling, you know, and he had, he's had an incredible career, but yeah. I just remember thinking like, wow. Okay. So it's not just this linear, like hierarchical, you know, right. You well, can, and
0: then you get you gain so much more appreciation, but also so much experience, more experience for how everything works. So that was really, really yeah. smart um, yeah. for him to do that for sure. Well, thank yeah. you so much, Fran. This is absolutely amazing. Again, embrace, uh, embrace the work, love your career. Um, best place for people to purchase it?
1: So it's, it's available everywhere. It's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. It's in bookstores. So everywhere books are sold. And by the way, I love the feel of it, too. oh my gosh, thank you. We worked so hard on that, like even like the paperweight. I can't tell you how many pens i tested
0: i'm so I'm <laughs> so funny about that stuff. Look they've been in publishing, and so I uh, I love it. So thank so you. so good in the color and everything. So you can definitely tell that you're an aesthetic person and and uh, thank you. Yeah, so great. Well, and thank you everybody for listening. Uh we are so excited to have guests like Fran here and other founders and CEOs where we can hear lots of their stories so that we can all uh learn lessons and and frankly know that we're not alone and mm-hmm. that we can all be Um, better if we choose to be. So thank you again, and definitely... Um, Everyone subscribe to this podcast, uh, give the show five-star ratings. It really helps in the algorithm. And I can be found on all platforms at Kara Golden. And we are uh, My Book Undaunted, as many of you know, launched um, just over a year ago. I may have another book um, in my cards as well. We'll see. Um, Lots of work to do in order to do that. But definitely uh, have have really enjoyed getting that book out there. And we are here every month monday wednesday and just recently launched friday as well so it's um it's been really fun to be able to get everyone else's stories out there as well so thanks everyone for listening thanks again fran and everyone have a great rest of the week thank you before we sign off i want to talk to you about fear people like to talk about fearless leaders but achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness